Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 8.15 p.m. on Tuesday, November 6th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle and Samuel Shoyola. We're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches millennials to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares them for family. Pretty much, we teach millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, while preparing them for family if that is a current desire they have. All right, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the combo going with us at the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the site marriageformillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page backslash mfmillennials. Rose Twitter and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it'll pop right up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site from books to free courses, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. Alright, so happy Election Day, fellas. And ladies, um, we hope that you guys exercised your right to vote today, um, whichever side you think is best. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope that you do not idolize it. And we hope that you know that uh, sin will be sin, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Please note, God is not on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes. But um, again, Election day, we waited until today, um, till, yeah. till the last minute. Um, but luckily, I went early enough, and it wasn't, um, the lines weren't that long. Yeah, about um, 45 minutes. Yeah, for me, it was about 30, so it was, it was, yeah. it was, it was pretty good. Um, I made sure to research on the candidates and pick the one um, I thought was best. So, um, yeah, I'm glad everybody's doing it. Um, we're trying to make sure that we're focused on this podcast as opposed to the TV for these votes. Um, but, yep. Yeah. So, we're going to jump in today, continuing the Leaving and Cleaving um, podcast that we did last week. Um, last week, we talked about Leaving and Cleaving for parents, um, and I think um, while that was informative, you know, it's an oldie but goodie, right? It's an old faithful. We all know that when you get married, you got to leave and cleave from your parents. So, it's kind of kind of an entry-level easy one, right? So, we wanted to talk about Leaving and Cleaving as it pertains to friendships and social groups. Um, you know, sometimes we're closer to our friends than we are our family. Um, you know, sometimes I say, you know, blood is thicker than water, but sometimes friends become blood. And sometimes, you know, your original blood is is not thicker than water. Um, your friends know, like, the real you sometimes, or they know parts of you that maybe your family may not be privy to, depending on your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, so leaving and cleaving from them might be a lot harder than leaving and cleaving from your parents. So that's what we kind of want to get in today. For a whole lot of different reasons. <laughs> right, <laughs> and right. And we're going to get into that today. Um, so yeah, you know the title because you clicked it and um, we hope you enjoy this. Right. And um, let's go ahead and just jump right in. So is it necessary for your friends to get along with your spouse? What say you? <laughs> um. Yes and no, right? I think it's I think it's both. On 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 one hand, you know your friends know you, right? So um, they have some form of privy to you that your spouse 
may not have had based on history. Right. Um, they've probably known you more than likely before you decided to get married or before this per- you, you came into the picture. So, you know, of course they want the best for you. With that being said, n- no, because a lot of times your friends want you to live like they would live or make decisions mm-hmm. the way they would have made it, even if they don't realize that they're doing that. Exactly. And I think that, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's yes and no for me, too, in the sense that no friend is ever going to come in between you and I. Like, that is absolutely crossing the boundaries. But at the same time, you have friends who do personally know you pretty well. And here's where it gets dicey. Because sometimes you got the friend who, who knows you and even knows you before you even became a Christian. And will try to guilt you and say, oh, well, I know you you over here acting blah, 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 when you used to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, yeah, but I'm a Christian now and I'm, I'm, I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. I don't, I'm not guilted by not hanging out with you for this uh, and doing this old thing that we used to do anymore. You don't have to be guilted by those things when it comes to your friends. And don't allow your friends to get in between you and your spouse because of old lifestyles that you used to live that you no longer live anymore. Right. And I think that also, I think sometimes people view relationships, especially ones leading to marriage, as like my spouse is supposed to be this puzzle that just fits into this life that I had already. Like I have my friends and if you're going to be the spouse for me, then my friends, all my friends have to right. like you. You're and the last you're missing the, piece. Yeah, you're the last missing piece. make it all perfect. As opposed to saying to yourself like you me and my spouse are the puzzle and I'm trying to figure out how you you my friend are going to fit in or not fit in. Right. We even had um someone tell us before we got married that you know like if you guys are meant for each other then everything will fall into place and it's like no (laughs) that's not true at all she's not fitting into me and your relationship your it's your friend needs to fit into you and her relationship if you if you and if you if if they cannot fit into you and hers relationship then it's just it, it you're 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 you'd be working at it from the wrong angle and you'd be actually giving preferential treatment to someone who is not the closest thing to you who is not one flesh with you right so um that brings us to us our second point um you know what if your spouse doesn't care for your friends um i think the first question you'd have to dissect is why right um sometimes we have good reason but sometimes as flawed humans we don't you know sometimes we have different preferences and that doesn't necessarily mean that a friendship needs to end because your spouse has a different preference um than your friend um so do you have to end a friendship just because your spouse doesn't like your friend um i think it's still yes and no again um yeah because it could be something where you might need to talk with your spouse about helping them kind of unpack exactly why they don't like this person. So if, if after you're unpacking, as you're unpacking it, you'd find out that, oh, well, I guess it's really, I just, it's just a preference of mine. I particularly like people like this. 
that, you know, when it comes to jesting, maybe they jest this way with me. When it comes to conversing, they converse this way with me. And this person particularly has a different, maybe a sense of humor or whatever that just doesn't sit well with me. Well, that's a preference, right? So that particular partner, you and your partner might have to work on saying to yourself, okay, well, we're not going to end this friendship over a preference. But in the uh, in the event that it's not a preference and it's a sin, like this person's actually done something wrong. Then we have to, you know, reevaluate yeah. the status of the friendship. Um, so, yeah, no, because if it's a preference issue, but of course you want to use wisdom, right? Your spouse is the closest thing to you and you don't want to hurt your spouse. So you're going to have to take that into consideration and use wisdom and just, you know, keep the peace, but hope that you marry someone who can also see the difference between preference and sin. Well, yeah. And, and then also like, you know, I forgot what proverb this was in particular, but it was one about um how there is, there is the friend who butts too, he butts into his neighbor's business too much. Like you don't have to always be around the person who your wife is in particularly irritated by. That can cause a lot of problems between you and your partner. So if that's the case, then maybe you have a limited amount of time that you are around that particular person. Not that you swear them off, but you know, as far as your interactions with them, you just keep it, you keep it concise. Right. And I think at the end of the day, um, respect is just, um, just what makes is what holds the most weight here. I think, um, you know, earlier in our marriage, I think I was that person to where I was just like, okay, well, my husband has XYZ friend and XYZ friend. So, you know, of course, just the heart that I have is just like, okay, well, why wouldn't I be close or why wouldn't I? whatever. And, you know, sometimes people are just not wired like you. And like, you know, Sam's had to tell me that, listen, babe, I don't care if you guys aren't best friends. I don't care if you don't care for them. And I don't care if they don't care for you. As long as they are respecting you and they're keeping it cute and they're, you know, (laughs) treating you with the utmost respect as they're supposed to, then I'm good. You don't have to care for them. We could talk about that at home or, you know, um, or they don't have to care for you and we can decrease our interactions or whatever it may be. But as long as you're they're they're respecting you and you're respecting them, that's all that matters. Right. Right. And, um, you know, it kind of brings us into we, we touched on a little bit earlier, but uh, there are certain situations in which you have to realize once you're married, you cannot necessarily kick it with certain friends the way you used to. Um, things will change. And uh, you can't do certain things that you used to do with them. Yeah, um, like you maybe you can't hang out the way you used to. Um, you can still hang out, but you may have to alter that a little bit. Um, you know how late you used to hang out. Or yeah, like that, or like. or what you used to do, and you would hang out things like that. Um, you know, your friends may call you and say, "Hey, do you want to go here X Y Z or whatever?" And it just may not work. Maybe your husband wants to hang out with you, or maybe he wants you in by a certain time, or maybe your wife does, or just various things. And there's nothing wrong with any of those requirements, um, right? Um, but things will change. I mean. I remember, that's out of, and that's out of love for your spouse. That's just simply out of respect and love for them. Yeah, and it's like you know, I've had friends because 
me, I'm, I'm, I'm feminine, but I'm also a guy's guy. Right. Um, and so, um, I've had friends with, um, guys that were platonic and then they got married and it's like to respect your relationship, the way we do life together will probably change. And now that I'm married, the way that we do life together will probably change. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to, there's a, there's a certain time frame in which you and I can have conversations. I think Sam and I have, you know, talked about that in our own relationship oh, yeah, we, as we well. We that in the butt early. Yeah. It's like <laughs> after, you know, 11, 11, 10, 30 PM, you don't need to be talking to anybody of the opposite, you know, sex. And so, yeah. you know, things will change, but these things are not necessarily bad things. Um, it's just the way of life. Yeah. It's how, it's how you show love for your wife. It's how she respects you. As your husband. Yeah. And then also, um, things will change in a good way, too. You want to elaborate on that, babe? Um, Things will change in a good way in the sense that there are going to be certain people that you will now gravitate towards, right? Like there, So, and, and here's the thing. I, I am a guy who is for, like... I like the generational, like, like if you have elders in your, if you, if you can connect with people who are older than you, connect with people then who are older than you in a Christian way. If you can connect with people who are younger than you, connect with people who are younger than you. If you can connect with couples, connect with couples. If you can connect with singles, connect with singles. I am all for that because if you really look at scripture, you see that these people are all, they're not like, they're not clicked up. They're all worshiping and fellowshipping together. But in life, though, there are going to be little subgroups. I, I, I just there's something I've just noticed in general is that couples tend to hang around couples, and there's a reason for this because now that I'm married, there are certain struggles that I'm going through that my single friends just ain't going through. They they right. don't got these problems at all. Right. They ain't never you know, and nobody's telling them to you know put the toilet seat down or whatever like that. Right. Just as a general, I'm just saying that as general. That's right. not an issue here, but like so like but then there are other like struggles that we have between husbands and wives that I can now talk to my friend who is a husband. I can talk to him about those things and we can even help each other. Iron sharpens iron in that situation. He can help me understand where I'm failing to, uh, to serve my wife better. I can help him understand the same thing on his side. Um, same thing for my wife. If my wife is talking to other married women, it edifies her. Those women can then, you know, pour into her life and she can pour into their life because they're sharing an experience right now. And doing life together. Yep. And even when you start to um, get to different stages in your life, right? You may do life with a married couple and maybe they have a kid and you don't. I think that's our are literally our story right now. Like, you know, a lot of our friends who are married, I think all of them have kids for the most part. Yeah. All of them have kids. And so, and you know, we just got married, but kids are, they're on our radar. So, mm -hmm. you know, even, not even struggles that you're currently go through, going through, but like things that you're looking to achieve, you're, you will gravitate to those people who have already attained those things so you can yep. get advice from them. Um, and then, like Sam was saying, older women so that they can, you know, disciple you and women who are maybe like 23, 30 years into their marriage and they can be like, yep, I know what you're doing because I was doing it too when I just got married. Here's the correct way. Or or maybe you're hanging out with younger people, you know, that you can disciple kind of what Sam was talking about. So you have all those things going on, but they'll be based on your current interest at that time. 
and some of the people who, you know, may be your friends and who maybe you had history with, they may not be there as well. And it doesn't mean you need to stop being friends with them, but it just means that you'll start to gravitate to others who share your common interests because that's just the way of the world. Exactly. Still be intentional with your single and older and younger and, you know, couples and, yeah, all, all... be intentional with all your friends, but just understand that because you're in a stage of life, you will probably gravitate towards a certain group. Yeah. And, and this, this happens by the way with churches, like this happens, like, like I know whole, for example, I have a really good friend out in Texas right now and he was telling me how his church is like all late twenties, uh, mid thirties couples with children like that that's this whole like 90 percent of his church is that demographic right and then there are some churches where it's like a whole bunch of just older elderly people that's the majority of the of the of the uh, population in that church and then there are churches that are a whole bunch of young people and maybe like you know lower uh upper upper 20s lower 30s is like the leadership like over there it's 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 there there's a there's a tendency for people to click is what I'm saying is to click up. So just keep all that in mind as you're um as you're, you know, making and breaking these friendships and Yeah, and 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 we want to be clear that changes will come. So we need you to we want you to buckle up for that. We don't want to make it seem like okay, you're going to get married and you know, you're again that puzzle thing, right? The life is just going to keep going because you just found this missing piece. No, like you're you're doing life with someone, you're one flesh with someone who has different preferences than probably all of your friends. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes it works out and sometimes um it doesn't work out as good as, as good as you thought it would. Mm-hmm. There are sometimes in our marriage, where I'm like, hey, babe, like, you know, go out with your... I, I like when Sam goes and has guy time. And I like when I go, you know, into the city and have girl times with my girls. You know what I mean? Like, we don't always have to be together. My friends don't always have to be his friends or together with, you know, or me yeah, with his like, friends. Yeah. And so, and, and that's natural. But just know that there are going to be certain changes that you will make in your marriage for the benefit of your your husband's vision and, you know, where your family's going. Exactly. So, you know, the, the question then always is going to come down to like, okay, so we've talked about, you know, in general, what to expect when it comes to friendships in marriage. But like... What happens, though, when you finally actually have that first conflict with a friend and you're married? Or that second. Or that third. (laughs) (laughs) Just conflict in general, right? Mm. So what do you do when you're at conflict with your friend's spouse or your spouse's friend? Well, all right. So we've had a little bit of different interactions with different types of people. So we've had interactions with non-Christians. We've had interactions with Christians. We've had interactions with Christians that are not as mature as they should be as well. Right. So when it comes to non-Christians, oftentimes there is an aspect of um, forgiveness that is literally, y'all are just going to be missing each other on that point. Um, A lot of the time, pride gets in the way. Um... And if it's just one of those things where it's like if Christ isn't at the center of it, then it's hard to really 
it's it's hard to really get the reconciliation that you're looking for at the end of that conversation. Um, not to say that all Christian to non-Christian relationships are doomed to fail. I'm not saying that at all. Um, what I am saying, however, is that when it comes to there, there, there is a tendency in which you might run into the person who is just absolutely, you know, maybe they're chock full of pride on it on one on one aspect or another. Um, so I would just I would just be wary of that. Um, at the end of the day, you just won't understand Christ's guidelines for conflict. Yeah, I think a lot of times people run away from conflict and they feel like, okay, well, if conflict is happening, then we're not meant to do life together. And I don't think that that is true. I mean, I say this verse all the time, the one in Matthew where God is like, it's easy to love people who are lovable. Um, And so, you know, understanding Christ's guidelines for conflict will help you so that once you guys have, you know, talked everything out you guys can still walk out of this yeah friends it's it's very you know, um eye-opening to me whenever i do life with someone or a couple and maybe there's a rift and then we just like stop being friends i'm just like in my opinion and i could be you know right or wrong about this but there's some part or level of christ that was not there or else your heart would be to you know Reconcile, and we and we're gonna get into that specifically at our last point. Um, but Sam and I have done, you know, conflict. We haven't done much of it, but we've done conflict with more than one couple, and it's literally been night and day to where it's like you have one couple where it's just like, I know that us talking about this and even us apologizing is just doing the formalities. I know after we hang up this call, we're not going to talk like we used to. It's not going to be the same. I can hear it from the phone call. Um, And then you have other couples where it's just like there's an issue at hand. And before we even start addressing our differences, we pray. Because 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 the end goal is we want we want we want reconciliation. And so... When you're at conflict with, you know, your friend's spouse or your spouse's friend, um, again, like Sam said, you know, just kind of be mindful of that, that certain things will fall by the wayside if Christ is not at the center. Yeah, I think I think um, especially when you're talking with those friends in regards to those guidelines, one thing I always try to keep in like an overarching mindset is um uh, Galatians five fifteen where it's like uh, it says uh, but if you but if you bite and devour one another watch out that you're not consumed by one another and there there's an aspect to which we have to learn to tame our tongues going into it because there's probably a lot of hurt and out of hurt people tend to out they tend to lash out and when they lash out maybe they don't say things in the kindest way that they probably could say them and um this is someone that you've done life with. You know, and this is a fellow brother and sister in Christ as well. So you don't want to make sure. Yes, you you want to make sure that this person isn't hurt by you. They're not, that they're not walking away from this situation, hurt by you as little as possible anyway. Right. Uh, there but, will be some rub. Don't get me wrong, but right. But then also, um, I also think that as Christians, I think sometimes we use Christianity as this like 
you know when like you're playing like Mario Go Kart or like some game and like you can like get an invisibility cloak and like nothing can harm you for like 30 seconds or something? I think sometimes we use Christianity as that very thing to where we're just like, well, once I accept Christ and I do life with other Christians, I'll never be hurt by them. And it's like, mm, that's not true. Like, you know, like sometimes you're not you're going to miss the mark. You're just going to miss the mark. And some, sometimes there's going to be a misunderstanding based on difference of preferences. And you're going to miss the mark. Period. Yeah. You, and did, so, you didn't know that 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 particular thing was going to offend that person. Though, it, though as much as it did. did. And, yeah. and, and, and so, and what happens when that happens? Because it's easy to say, okay, well, just be proactive and preventative and, you know, just make sure you don't say anything hurtful. But what happens well, when you do? You, so sh- you should there, still have the mindset. As this is my brother and sister in Christ who has hurt me, but grace, true grace, not like, oh, I'm going to show you grace, but never speak to you again. But like, let's try this again. Let's get our hands dirty in the mud because you are a wretched hypocrite just like me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it's one of those things also that you don't want to, I, I say this particularly to husbands because I, I think it's, you, you want to do your best to get used to to doing the confrontation part of things. So like what'll happen is this. Your spouse will maybe get into a conflict with somebody and then what you'll say as the husband you'll be like, "Well, I ain't even really worried about it no more. Like 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 we don't even like we don't even, we don't even have to see them anymore like that." Well, I don't think that's the right way to go about it as a husband. I think as a husband you should um Either allow your wife to to confront that particular person, or you yourself confront that particular person. But do it in a loving way. There's always a loving way in which you can do these things, and in which I think if Christ is preeminent above all, and you're both saying to yourself, you know what, I could have gotten it wrong, but this is how I feel about when I was offended by X, Y, and Z. I believe strongly that Christ is Christ grace and peace will reign over that situation that there will be reconciliation between you and that person um but a lot of people they're just scared of that initial conflict they they they're so averse to it. they're allergic to the idea of saying hey man that hurt that really hurt when you did x y and z um and then having to deal with yeah there's potentially a fallout but there's also potentially a, a better relationship opportunity for a better relationship exactly yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we beat that horse. Um, but that brings us to our last point for this week's podcast. Using choosing your spouse in conflict as an excuse not to reconcile. Um, I think this kind of goes, it's kind of mirrors what we were talking about a couple podcasts ago when we talked about gluttony, where, you know, Someone will say, oh, well, you know, I'm busy being a good father or a deacon or, you know, serving in my church. And that's why I'm a glutton because I was doing the work of the Lord. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I Using think something that typically would be a, a blessing. Yeah. And, as a crutch. Right. And so um, I think we do that as well in our marriages to where we're just mm-hmm. like, well, I'm choosing my spouse. So yeah. I don't have to reconcile with you because I'm choosing my spouse and my spouse is one flesh. And it's like, mm, yeah. no, God wants you to dig a little harder, deeper than that. Yeah. Like that, 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 that's, that's a, 
that's an easy way out. You know, Not necessarily it, godly. It comes way. from this whole so like there there's this thing where, you know, in our culture now we've been saying like day ones is like a thing, right? Like people say like, Oh, my day ones or um, you know, no one gets between me and my day ones. But like the thing about this concept is that it doesn't allow room for um it's like people are ready to cut people off. Like and just be like, well, you just ain't you just ain't you you just you you were just here for a season. Right. Right. And I, I get I know the whole phrase, you know, elevation people, requires separation. Right. Like, or yeah, or you know, what? people Shut are up. in your life for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. And I, I, I get all that. But I don't think that everybody is like what happens with that phrase is a lot of people think that anyone that they get into conflict with, they were just here for a season. It's like, no, (laughs) no. God also wants you to, to work on the aspect of reconciliation. He wants you to go back, confront sin, reconcile with you. I'm telling you, these things make your relationships actually stronger with these people. Yeah. He wants you to tear your people. He wants you to actually exercise. It's crazy. Patience. when, When you look at everything, when you look at everything in the mindset of God is sovereign, like even the conflict that you're having, God is sovereign in that. Yeah. And there's something that he wants to teach you in that. Maybe it could be being considerate. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be thinking of other ways to go about things other than your way. Maybe that means increasing your patience. Yeah. Maybe that means increasing your kindness. Maybe that means increasing your long suffering. Maybe that means increasing your yeah. will to see the good in others and give people the benefit of the doubt. Yep. And you're just like avoiding that test but and because, avoiding that but, growth because you're blaming it on right. a season. But because exactly, you're blaming it on a season and because, you know, you're you're on this whole this whole escapade to like go on your Facebook or your or your or your or your Instagram or whatever and say well, I guess I guess it just wasn't meant to be, or like you know, I got I still got my day ones though. It's like I think you've missed out on a huge growth opportunity there, as opposed to cutting someone off. Actually, reaching out to that person and trying to fix it is a lot harder, and you're avoiding what's hard because you want to do what is easy and look like you're doing something to the world. Right, and so um, I think with that. I'd love to kind of get into, you know, what is forgiveness? What does that look like? And then wrap up with what does reconciliation look like? Um, I I talk to him about this all the time. I think a lot of times when people forgive, they do like a full forgiveness where it's kind of just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to show you grace. Yeah, you know, I forgive you, but, you know, I'm never going to talk to you again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love you, but I love you from a distance. I love you over here. And it's like... You haven't forgiven that person for real, right? That's that. I think I feel. I feel like the "I love you" from a distance, like the knee jerk response, is the easiest reaction you could possibly give. But um, I think that forgiveness. I think first needs to be stated like this: forgiveness is a question. It is not a statement. Um, what I mean by that is typically, first and foremost, people love to apologize. Apologies are rampant today. No one actually asks the question of forgiveness to the person who's the offended party. When you say that I apologize, you are yanking the responsibility of that person to forgive you out of their, like you're taking the opportunity out of their court. Yeah, and you're and the, and the apology is more for you because you feel bad about what yeah. you did. Well, it's, it's, it's almost as, like, apology is basically saying this. Regardless of how you feel, 
I am sorry. That's not that's not proper forgiveness. What you want to do is say, I did this wrong to you. Will you forgive me? Because you need if if forgive if apologies do not show apologies do not show the person who is offended that you care. That is that is I don't know how else to communicate that but to say it like that. When you say, Do you forgive me? you're then you're tapping into that person's empathy. And you're saying, hey, I was deeply and utterly wrong for what I what I did. I'm not even making any excuses anymore for it. With that said, I'm in your debt. That's what forgive. That's what tre- trespasses are. Like when it says, "Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those." Some translations say, "Forgive us our debts, as we forget our debtors." So, like, you are saying, "I'm in your debt." Will you forgive that debt? And I think that is what that that's the that's you have to learn to put the ball in that person's court. But we're scared of giving that person that power. Yeah, and I think we're scared of giving people that power because for us to say that we did anything wrong, it's like, what? That's like speaking another language. Right. So you have to first be the person who can acknowledge their own sin. Yeah. Acknowledge when they've done wrong. I think a lot of times when conflict occurs, the first thing we try we do is we go to our own separate posts and we try to create our opening and closing statements and our cross examinations on why we were right or why we deserve less accountability than the next person. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you'll never get to the point where you say, Please forgive me, I'm in your debt. If you're so busy trying to justify trying to yourself. justify yourself or make it completely the other person's you know f- fault mm-hmm. um and so yeah but i think you know if you can get to a place where you say hey i'm a sinner i maybe i didn't get it 100 percent right yep. maybe you know then you can start to kind of break down those things and then you finally get to a point where you're just like okay um i see a perspective other than my own um will you forgive me for not um following through in the best way possible right right and then and then so then that's the front end of forgiveness and the back end we're just giving a, a general overview of this because i think it gets a lot deeper personally in regards to forgiveness but mm-hmm. like the the back end is i'm not sure if we said this before on a podcast is when you forgive somebody when that other person says i forgive you they are choosing to do three things at that point they're saying number one i will not bring this issue up I, I forgive you. We are reconciled. I will not bring this issue up between the both of us against you again. Or in my own heart. Well, that's what I was about to get to. It's three things. So mm-hmm. the first is that you won't bring it up between you and the offended party again. The second is that you will not bring it up between you and anyone else. So that means you ain't going to gossip about what it is that went down between you and that person. And then the third, and I think the most important one, is between you and yourself. You're not going to be rummaging this idea, this this thing that happened, this this infraction that happened against you in your head so much that you get angry again about it. Once they're forgiven, it is thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. A fence is put around it and it's there's a sign that says, do not fish. Right. Yeah. Or or swim at your own risk because if you, <laughs> because if, because if you jump into it you'll just get mad all over again mm-hmm. and you know bring yourself back um, like five spaces as opposed to you know walking ahead into the future. Yep. Um, yeah, I think you're totally dead on um, f- for sure. Um, so 
so you forgive, right? Say you get to the point where you forgive. Um, we know that forgiveness and reconciliation aren't the same. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, all right. Forgiveness, let's say a husband cheats on um, his spouse, right? Um, she decides she's not going to divorce him. She has every right to, but she chooses that she's going to forgive him and not divorce him. Um, does that mean that they are, if she forgives him, you know, he asks, he says the whole thing. He's like, I did X, Y, Z in the third. I know how much this hurts you, or I can't even imagine how much this has hurt you. I know I've done a tremendous amount of damage to my family, all that jazz, right? And she says, baby, I forgive you. I still love you. Just because you've forgiven does not mean that the trust is all of a sudden just right back to where it was. Yeah. You know, if I take a piece of paper and um, I crumple it up, or I should say, uh, say it this way. If I take a $100 bill and I crumple it up, yeah, the $100, if I, if I stretch it back out, I can still go spend the $100 bill. But you can clearly see that this is a mangled $100 bill, right? right. You can see the creases, the damage that's been done by you balling that piece of paper up. And I think that sometimes we, we don't, we, we think that, oh, if I just ask for forgiveness, therefore that person is not going to, that, that, the, the damage isn't going to be there anymore. The damage is done. You have hurt that person. Um, trust takes time to build. Now, this person has forgiven you. They've committed to working on building up trust with you. They've also stated they're not going to bring up that thing again against you. But in order for them to really truly trust you, Trust takes time. It's just like when you first got with your partner, right? It took time before you all of a sudden started trusting your partner um, to the point of love, to the point of where you guys got married. It's the exact same thing. When there's a, when there's a deep betrayal like that, um, you'll notice that forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation just yet. It may take time, but if you, I, forgiveness is always the path to reconciliation. Right. That's one thing that we can always remember in that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I think that's it for this week. Um, we talked about a lot. Um, so again, guys, in your friendships, let's do a quick recap. Um, is it necessary for your friends to get along with your spouse? Yes and no. Remember, you and your spouse are the puzzle, not your friends. Um, you are doing life. You're leaving and cleaving, mm -hmm. even your friends in social groups. You're trying to find out how to fit them in. Right. Um, what if your spouse doesn't care for your friends? Um, you don't have to end the friendship per se. Search for sin issues, not preference issues. Um, and just make sure everyone's being respected. Yep. Um, you can't kick it the way you used to. You will find... Um, different people that you gravitate towards and some things um the way you used to do things will change it's the Absolutely. way of the world um and what to do when you're at conflict with your friend's spouse or your spouse's friend um try to keep christ at the center 
and yeah. you know pray. Remember, remember, reconciliation is the opportunity for growth. Yes. Don't run, don't run away from it. Yes. And then um, finally, do not use choosing your spouse as as an excuse not to reconcile. Know that God calls us to um, defend what is right. Mm -hmm. And whether yours and and that's hard because sometimes your spouse may be the one in sin. And it's hard to say, hey. I still have a home to go to after this conflict, this conversation. <laughs> I still have a life to do with my own spouse. So, yeah. ooh, I want to defend my spouse to the T. Um, but defend truth. Defend God's truth. Um, and, you know, don't use choosing your wife as an excuse not to reconcile. Um, you know, let your spouse know when they're yeah. if you ever if they're when they're wrong or defend them when they're right. If you ever have to correct your spouse, just make sure you make it a biblical issue. Don't make it a don't make it a my preferential if issue. Mm-hmm. Once you make it a biblical issue and you're both submitted to Christ, forgiveness is there's 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 no choice but to get on your knees and repent on the issue. Right. Yeah. And so, yep. Um. Try to reconcile. Forgive accurately. Um. Call it what God calls it. Um, don't fake forgive. Um, put it in the sea of forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, don't bring it back up in your heart with others or between the two parties in conflict with one another. Don't give apologies. Ask for forgiveness. Yes. Um, and then while reconciliation is not always a requirement, it is something that I think we both feel that followers of Christ look towards after forgiveness we yearn for it we yearn for it so um you should too Alrighty, guys, we are wrapping up. Um, I think we're gonna just like look at some more votes and see what's going on with America. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we will gehala at you guys next week. Any uh, final words, Bill? Um, you guys know where to get us. Get, uh, see our stuff at marriageformillennials.com. We uh, hope that you listen to the podcast. You like, share, and comment. And um, like you guys heard. We're available on all um, listening outlets from Google Play to iTunes, SoundCloud, um, Spotify, um, all of that jazz. So whatever device you have, feel free to give us a listen. Please share our podcast um, and uh, give us five-star ratings. Write reviews as well on our iTunes and Google Plays as well. Um, please, we would really appreciate it. Alrighty, guys. You guys have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye.